without my mouth is actually just kind of watering thinking about it and talking about it like this are is you your... telling me are you telling me that beer is edging you <laughs> <laughs> it is it is it is <laughs> edged so hard right now Hello, friends and allies, and welcome back to another episode of the... Mm. I forgot I was going to do a bit here, and I didn't <laughs> think of a podcast to introduce. <laughs> welcome back to the Belchcast. My name is Pukasaurus Rex. Um, I am woefully underprepared for today's episode, so I did not come up with a list of titles. But Jack's here. Hi, Jack. <laughs> uh, hi, my name is Jackson. I am your brown boot-wearing... Uh, no shoveling dungeon soon to be player er there we go i made some quick titles up by kaiser so saying myself yeah <laughs> just looked up in my closet and saw some brown boots and i was like the only thing i see right now let's go right um before we really get started i need to address a mistake i made in the last episode yes uh we were pretty deep in and i said that jj abrams plays j jonah jameson in the the Spider-Man movies. It's incorrect. It's J.K. Simmons. I was too J. J. drunk Abrams to catch or a... correct you. J.J. <laughs> Abrams is a mildly problematic director. J.K. <laughs> Simmons is... I, I don't know if he's problematic or not. I haven't heard anything or read anything, but... He just he's wants good pictures as... of Spider-Man. Yeah, he's good as J. Jonah, J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> Alright, now that that's out of the way... God, this is just... It started as a shit show. This is just going to be a great... <laughs> episode we're gonna bring it back we're gonna bring it back <laughs> how you been man what's been going on i've been doing great i've been taking this weekend to kind of relax uh i mean the snow kind of leaving us all inside has made that easier but it's been a good just kind of like do nothing but kind of be a little productive at home weekend for me uh drink some good beers uh cook some steaks on friday they were beautiful tried to stream it the wi-fi in my kitchen is shit so i've learned that I can't do that on Wi-Fi anymore, but it's been it's been a good relaxing weekend, man. How about you? Uh, mine has not been too bad. Uh, my weekend uh, was kind of in the middle of the week because of the snowmageddon, so I just didn't have work for three days, which was nice. Hell yeah. Um, I watched a lot of movies, and uh, I wrote a lot of things uh, for some stuff we're going to talk about later. Yes. Uh, so yeah, that's your that's your little teaser to uh, <laughs> to keep listening to this shit show. Um, but yeah, I I uh, again, I haven't really been like drinking a whole lot of new cool stuff. Uh, the biggest reason is most of the new cool stuff I have is like not just like sit at home and drink a couple of kind of beers. You know they're. They're eleven to fifteen percent ABV BA stouts that right. I'm just not gonna. I'm not just gonna crack one to relax on a Tuesday afternoon, you know. <laughs> you you gotta plan your whole day around those. You can't just jump into one. You gotta, all right. What am I doing for the next hour? What can I not do for three hours after this? Like you gotta plan that out. Right. <laughs> As you can see in the um, last episode we did, where Pookie and I were day hammered at two o'clock and then tried to play Rocket League afterwards. And I don't remember doing that at all. Yeah, that's that's one of the other things that we're still kind of getting used to on this new season is Jack and I have kind of a new work schedule, and we're we're trying to be much more consistent about this show. But the way we're doing that is we're recording way earlier in the day than we used to. We used to record at like you know five, six, seven in the afternoon, evening, and uh, it it wasn't as big a deal to drink, you know, two, three pretty heavy beers. Because by the time we were done, it's like, all right, well, uh, I guess I'm just going to watch TV for an hour and then go to bed, yeah. you know. I, after the last episode, so we recorded, we were hammered. I had two, like, 16% beers. And then we were still drunk on the call. And I was like, Pookie, let's, I'm going to stream. Because I usually stream on Sundays anyway. And I was like, do you want to play Rocket League with me? We're both hammered. We joked about how you had to play Rocket League for the tournament. Let's just play Rocket League. We played Rocket League for like an hour and a half. I remember 
none of it. I just remember that we played ranked Rocket League. I then <laughs> went out to my living room, kind of, I think, talked to my wife, I assume. Then I went back to the bedroom. I died for three hours, took a huge ass nap, and like restarted my day at 5 p.m. Yeah, I didn't uh I didn't do that. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> uh, but I also only had one beer and it wasn't nearly as heavy as yours. Yeah, I mean I... it was still it was still a big old chonker, but it wasn't sixteen percent. Right. Yeah, drinking two of the that's basically drinking like I don't know, five or six glasses of like whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> and pounding them in two hours. Yeah, I was. It's not like it was like you drank two of them over a whole day or a whole evening, right? Like that. It was like a a two and a half hour. (laughs) That's the kind of beer like you pour and you share with people in like in front of you. I just took them straight to the head and died. Yeah. So we'll probably do that a lot more. So if if you want to see Jack John and Pookie potentially just hammered off our asses, uh, go to Twitch, where uh, you have the potential to see that on Sundays from uh, from time to time. Drink responsibly. Drink at home. Get hammered at home. It's uh, it's fun. But Pookie, uh, what have you been drinking this week? I know you said you didn't really have too much. Is there any like certain beers that you had that stuck out? Uh, I, like I've exclusively been drinking. Uh, Lou is a Kolsch from Salamoth, is a brewery out of Chicago. Um, we just had a bunch at work get price reduced pretty drastically, so I bought two twelve packs, and that's just what I've been drinking. Oh hell yeah. I am lucky enough that I live near so many good breweries. I went to Target uh, to get some food on Friday. And one of the breweries that I love that I talked about, I got married at this brewery. Uh, Taxman Brewing had a, uh, a brown Belgian, or brown ale, uh, like brewed in like a Belgian style. Uh, 401 cake. It was fucking tasty. Like, I've talked about how, like, some of, like, the, like, the, the more, like, cakey, chocolatey flavors can come off as burnt and, like, unappealing. And this one was, like, the perfect smooth amount of just like beautiful like chocolate and uh caramel without being like obnoxiously like burnt to a crisp flavoring it was so fucking tasty and if i had any self-control it probably would have been a podcast beer but i looked in my fridge on friday and saturday and i was like fuck it i'm drinking them now i'm curious because i know that i notice it because i have to set the price tags yeah (laughs) But have you noticed, um, like, an, a, a price increase in the last uh, probably year or so? Uh, on just beer or just on, in general? On, on beer. Um, not too much, really. I mean, I, I buy beer every now and then, and I kind of, like, generally look at the prices and go, this is about what I expect to pay. And nothing's been too aggressive or like outrageous, like I'm still paying between like ten and twenty for a four or six pack, so it's nothing that's been like astronomically different. If it's increased, I haven't noticed enough to give a shit and complain about it. Uh, beer's mostly been the same price as far as I've noticed. Um, See, I what I've noticed, and it's kind of been the opposite of what I've expected, is uh, macro beer is the price is going up much more noticeably than craft beer. Yeah. So like a, a suitcase of Miller Lite is more expensive than I remember it being even a year ago. Yeah. I, I will say I don't drink like domestics as often, but when I do, I'm like, fuck, this is what the price is now. But that's, that's a little bit different than like the craft beer that I've been getting, which is seemed consistent. Yeah. And it, it's, so there's just a huge aluminum shortage right now. And from everything that I've been able to read about, learn about, try and figure out what's going on with it, um, partially it's just because of some butterfly effects from COVID, like Mark One. Right. So all the bars and restaurants closed. So all the breweries that were putting beer into kegs were now canning them. So they're using up a whole bunch more cans than they used to. And that went on for almost a year. I mean, at least around here, bars and restaurants were closed for quite a while. Right. And a lot of the places here, they'd be like, hey, you can't come, like, you can't come in. But if you just, like, walk up to the counter, we'll let you carry out whatever the fuck you can buy. Right. 
yeah, like in person dining, yeah, really has not been back around for that long. Probably right. eight months or so. I feel like last summer was about when the in person dining kind of. Yeah, there was a lot of places because I remember like I was biking a lot last summer, and it would be like, hey, like we have patio seating now, and the uh, downtown Indy, mm-hmm. like they closed off a street. And all the restaurants that were on that street had just, like, tables out in the road uh, blocked off so you, people could still fucking eat outside. Right. So that's kind of been causing a an aluminum can shortage. And the big macro breweries have the dollars to swing around to not really have to worry about that. It's the smaller breweries that are like, well... You know, an aluminum can used to cost us, you know, two cents a unit or whatever it was. And now they're like six cents a unit, which doesn't sound like a whole lot. But when you're buying them 5,000 at a time, right. uh, those numbers add up. Yeah. I... So it, it's just really interesting to me that the macro breweries are the ones that are pumping the prices up. Right. It's It's something where it's just like... They're, you know, trying to get, like, as much money, like, their perceived losses. But, like, a lot of companies are doing really well because they've been, like, cutting, like, staff and wages and, and still pumping out the exact same fucking product and just making more money out of it. Well, and I know a lot of breweries and even distilleries just weren't making some of their, like, slower movers anymore. They're right. just like, well, we're not going to worry about that. Um, like, a lot of imports especially... Uh, either they weren't making them or they weren't bothering, like, exporting them to the United States. They were just like, I'm not worried about it. That and just exports in general have been kind of slowed way down. Yeah. You still see pictures at, at docks, like, especially out in California, of just, like, dozens of container ships just waiting <laughs> for days and days to be unloaded. Yeah. It's just an interesting ripple effect for this, you know, this pandemic that's kind of, it's still going on. People are just, it's, I think people are more just like, this is just life now. It's yeah. not necessarily that it's starting to, to go away. It's just, we're used to dealing with it now. Right. And people kind of like, they've mentally moved past it, but we have not physically moved past it. So it's like, hey, I'm done dealing with this. That's cool. But uh, right. it's still there. Yeah, it's still an issue. In fact, you and I, uh, within the last month and a half or so, both yeah. had COVID. For the first time, and it fucking sucked. And I'm glad I was like fully vaccinated. I didn't have my booster, which probably would have helped. Uh, but I was at least like primarily vaccinated against it. Like it's 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 still out there and we're gonna get right. to like like disease and start adding in numbers again to the variants because they just keep fucking happening because again, it is not over. Yeah. Uh, all that being said, get vaccinated. Yes. Still wear a mask. Right. If you're going to go into a retail establishment, uh, please do not, uh, even if you are completely healthy, potentially expose and uh, contaminate uh, the people around you. It's here's a lot of a lot of the problem is, um, you know, the attitude has always been like, well, it's such a low death rate, you know. And that's, you know, fair. Yeah. Fine. However, a lot of research is starting to come out now that uh, there are lingering effects. Like right. There, it's, it's, it's a very small percentage, but there are people who, you know, they caught COVID, lost their sense of taste and smell, and never got it back. Right. I know from, like, a personal experience, like, I, like, my body, like, symptomatically cleared up after a couple of days, but I had, like the lowest stamina that I've ever had in my life for, like, a week afterward. Like, yeah. that shit hits you and it'll stay there. Like, I, my stamina is mostly back up. Like, I'm not as lethargic. I'm pretty always lethargic, so it's hard to tell when it's actually a symptom. But, like, I had noticed, like, I'd be streaming, and after, like, two hours, I'd be like, I'm really fucking tired now. It's only, like, <laughs> 9.30. Uh, I used to stream till, like, 2 a.m. My body is, like, still recovering from this. Well, that or age is just catching up to you. Probably. I. So it's funny you <laughs> mentioned that. You're an I old was, man now, Jack. I was vacuuming uh, my office because, like, the cats uh, have their litter in here, like, in one of the corners. 
And as I was on like doing the cord, I sneezed and I damn near threw out my entire back and I had to go lay down on the couch for 30 seconds and recover because I sneezed and my spine moved. You're the you're the SpongeBob guy now. My leg. <laughs> uh, I'm the the glass bones and paper skin guy. I feel like <laughs> just wait for my heart attacks to put me to sleep. <laughs> but no, legitimately, I my back still kind of tingles if I move wrong, and that was like an hour and a half ago. We are old, Pookie. We are old. Yeah. Well. I saw something it happens like, to everyone eventually. I, I just I, get drunk and forget about it. The thing that made me feel old. Um, I saw a Twitter post, and it was like, damn, it feels like everyone on Twitch is so young. Are there any creators that are over the age of 24? And I was like, that's such a low bar. Please increase that a couple. Like, make that make that higher. I still feel old as hell around 24-year-olds. Yeah, that's, that's insulting. Everybody <laughs> in our kind of community yes. is, like, around our age. Right. Like late 20s early 30s and like a little yeah. kind of like mid 30s like can we can we raise that bar just a little bit like i'm only only 28 like can we can we get that up a little higher i'm i'm a hundred years old <laughs> it's been 87 years pookie <laughs> but pookie and i didn't come here today just to regale you of stories of the olden times in and... the before times. <laughs> and back when we had uh, a limber spry body. No, we came here to do a live review of a beer. Pookie, what beer do you have yes. for us this week? I have a barrel-aged 1050. Uh, it's a barrel-aged imperial stout from Oscar Blues. However, this one came out of my basement. Ooh. This was canned in 2019, so it's been it's been sitting at the, in its juices for quite a while. Ooh, I like that. Um, so I'm actually I'm really interested to see where this one chalks up. Like, I I poured it while we were still talking about supply chains and and shit. Yeah. Uh, but it poured super thick. That looks amazing. It's it looks really good. Really dark body, tan head. Uh, the head's kind of calmed down because I poured it five minutes ago now. It smells like burnt sugar and chocolate. It's going to taste really good. Uh, ABV on this guy, I don't think it's like crazy high. Well, 12.5%. That's that, not that's, low. That's still, still a good <laughs> a good hit. Yeah, and that's, that's what it was canned at. I don't think there was any re-fermentation, but... Because uh, the can was fine when I opened it. Mm. Body on that is just super creamy. It just drinks really thick. Uh, it's It's got like almost like a coffee bitter to it. Like espresso. Ooh. Lots of that. I think uh, I'm reading the flavor profile of the newest edition. Um, and it's it's wanting burnt sugar, rich chocolate, caramel notes... I'm getting a ton of like espresso coffee, just a little bit of chocolate. Um, but again, it did sit in my basement for two and a half years. So that sounds incredible. Yeah, it's it is still really good. It's uh, it's a little sharp. The I think I think maybe I missed the ideal maturation on this. Um, it's still really good, but sometimes aging stouts, especially in cans, it's kind of a little bit of guesswork. Like, I think yeah. I may have missed the ideal maturation on this. It's still really good. It's actually, it's got a lot going on, um, but it's still, I get a little bit of sharpness from the booze, but it's still really good. Um, I pick this one up most years when it comes out, um, so I definitely would recommend snagging this and sitting on it or drinking it right away yeah, um, that, either way it's still really good that sounds incredible super creamy body like almost like it's not quite silky like a nitro but it's still really good this is almost it's like when i get like diabetes coffees <laughs> you know you go to starbucks you go to duncan you go to you know fancy coffee places yeah. and you get i generally get extra espresso added to my diabetes coffee drinks 
not necessarily for the caffeine, although that's a plus. Right. Uh, it's mostly because I really like the taste. I really like yeah. that bitterness. If you don't like that bitterness, you're not going to like this beer. Right. Because that's at least this old. Because once it gets, once it's this old, that's a lot of what's coming forward is that espresso. Um, but I really like it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That ticks all the boxes for like that kind of beer that I would like, especially if having like the espresso flavoring coming through that strongly. Um, that sounds like a winner for me. I fucking love espresso. Hell yeah! What about you, Jack? You've been you've been teasing me about what yes. you've got, and I've been doing my best to hold back questions because <laughs> you keep telling me like, yeah, I've got this weird, funky, wild age. I'm like, yes, tell me about it. But I just I want to know what you got. I have... Show me what you got. I have a beer from Orpheus Brewing called The Lives I Lost When I Forgot. This is going to be a funky little fun beer. This is based out of Atlanta, Georgia. Um, and let me just read the quick uh, the side on it, because I was at a bottle shop, and I noticed this kind of stuck out. It's got really nice artwork on the front. And then I read the side, and it was so poetic, I just couldn't get, like, I couldn't not pick this beer up. The lives I lost when I forgot were me when I was young and real. Dreams of a distant patch detach from the artifice of eternity as the haunt of disemblage washes over all things known and forgotten. So... We've talked about burial before. Yes, exactly. On this show. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it reminded me very much of that, and I was kind of also. I believe it's a disassemblage, uh, but I can't read, so you know, there's that. I read at a third grade level, but I was telling you about just like some of the beers at this like brewery, and it is like I need to like find more of the beers. There's some of the most like poetic, like for no reasonly named like uh, darkness has no alibi, room a thousand years wide. Today I chose violence. <laughs> Transmigration of souls. Right. Serpent bite. Wandering blues. Uh, the ferryman over yeah. and over. Like, yeah, it's it's very, it's not nearly as extra yeah. as burial <laughs> tends to get. Right. But it's, it's very, it very much yeah. like is up that alley. But uh, this is beer spontaneously fermented in barrels with cherry black currant, blueberry, and vanilla bean. This is uh, bottled April 2020. This is 4.9%. So I'm very excited for this one. Ooh. That, it has, like, I'm getting a lot of, um, like, that blueberry um, on, like, the tongue afterwards. But, like, when I first drink it, we talk about, like, with like beers like this and the style where like kind of like that sour flavor like hits you and like your jaw like almost like seizes up and it's just like so mm -hmm. like intense. It gets right before that moment and then like fades. So like it never like it doesn't like hurt your mouth and kind of like like the aggression. It gives you like that sensation without my mouth is actually just kind of watering thinking about it and talking about it. Like Are you your... telling me are you telling me that beer is edging you? <laughs> <laughs> it is it is it is edge so hard right now but no like it, it gets to that point where it's like it's almost too much and then it like eases off a little bit and then like i said on like on the, the tail of this like getting a lot of that blueberry uh coming through with it and i'm not getting as much of like the vanilla bean in there and like uh, on the website i'm looking at like kind of like it, it breaks down really cool it breaks down like the percentages of what's in this um and it says that blueberries 20 percent of like the mix if i'm reading this correctly was blueberries and then black currant um at 26 percent but like it, it's such like a, a like a nice like fruity aftertaste i'm getting a lot of blueberry from it but it's 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 not too funky Honestly, I was expecting like more like wild and aggressive flavors, and that's not to say that it's not good. Like I said, like it gets just before that point where it's just like I could like not chug necessarily, but like I could drink this pretty quickly. It's not like I don't have to sit and kind of like let the beer 
digest essentially like it's it's really good it's pretty damn smooth it's very very good i'm just kind of looking through their website right now and i am uh i'm 100 on board because uh i thought maybe with the name orpheus uh they were gonna be but i'm i'm seeing that they are uh they do a lot of shakespeare yeah like nods like they have uh they had one beer it was an apricot and pineapple sour called a play within a play <laughs> uh which is a midsummer night dream right um, it looks like their tagline is native funk old barrels big hops and a little bit of chaos in the heart of atlanta and honestly yeah. that kind of explain like that explain like, that's perfect for this beer and it makes me want to like try to find more shit from this place yeah this place looks dope uh, so I am going to Asheville again uh, at the end of February. Yes. Um, and I'm actually going for longer than I usually do. Ooh. Uh, but we usually, well, Atlanta's not really on the way. I was like, man, I could just stop in and see. You, <laughs> I mean, they got their bottle shop or something. Maybe you could, <laughs> maybe you could find like some like distributed shit. But yeah, this if you can find Orpheus Brewing. Definitely grab what you can. Like they said, I've had one beer from them, and I'm I'm already sold on them. Yeah, absolutely. But Pookie, yes, it does not matter if I like this beer, and I do like this beer a lot. All that matters is will our wives hate our beers? See, now here's the thing: before last week, I would have said absolutely, Kelsey will hate this, but. I think uh, as I've been giving her random crap to try, <laughs> she's starting to appreciate this stuff a little bit more. Ooh. So I'm going to hold judgment until she actually tries it. So let's go. Let's go find out. Yeah, let's go check. So Pookie, yes. What do I think of your beer? Uh. <laughs> so I took it into her, and she's she's working on some some homework. And I took it to her, and she looked at the glass, and she goes, why? <laughs> I was like, you oh, like no. the last one? <laughs> and she smelled it, and she goes, why does it smell like bourbon? I was like, it doesn't smell like bourbon. Was it barrel-aged? The last one was barrel-aged, too. <laughs> She's very upset about it. She took a sip and hated it. In fact, so much so that she had to go get... A, a drink to wash. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Did she spit it out? Then I think that's that's like the floor of do you hate this beer is spitting it out. Uh, she did not spit it out. Good. So there's at least that. So so not a fan. No. Not you 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 were so close to saying she's gonna like it because you were like we've been we've been getting her closer to this. though she hated it. <laughs> Yeah, it not great. Not a great reaction to this one. <laughs> but this one is just it's just a straight imperial stout. Like there's not a bunch of adjuncts and stuff in it to hide the taste of being an imperial right, stout. Right. <laughs> That's fair. That is fair. For Laura. Laura I think was a little bit perplexed by this one. She didn't necessarily hate it. She Wanted a little bit more carbonation out of it, uh, like a little bit more bubble, a little bit more like fizz to it, and there's really none in this. Um, when I poured it out, uh, it kind of had none to begin with. So Laura, Laura doesn't like it when she she calls it when it's like flat, when there's like no actual like kind of like oomph and the carbonation. Behind it. Laura doesn't tend to like those, and I sh I by this point I should know that. By this point I should definitely know that. Um, it was a little too sour for her. Uh, she wasn't necessarily getting much of the fruit behind it. It was just sour and flat to her. That said, Laura gave it a six out of ten. She said, "I would, I would drink that, and I would, I would maybe get like a sample of it, but she wouldn't necessarily be able to drink a full glass." So Laura could drink it in a flight, but not necessarily a full pour. That's fair. And a lot of those bottle-conditioned beers, uh, like wild fermented stuff, can be kind of tough because the 
carbonation just comes from the bottle condition. Yeah. So they're not, you know, super bubbly like you want them to be sometimes. Right, right. Yeah, I really like this. It's, like you said, it's got like that like kind of like tangy, fruity, like after effect of it with while remaining really smooth and delicious. So Jack. Yes. We have uh we're done uh, we're done talking about beer now that's just we're done <laughs> we actually you know i i'm i'm okay with it though because we did we did almost 35 minutes on beer yeah we did we did on good my little, timer good little discussion on it so that that helps uh on the same note my new year's resolution about you know trying to pay more attention to untapped i haven't even opened my <laughs> untapped app so hopefully I can get better about that. Yeah. Like eventually I want to be able to like when we start plugging stuff being like, yeah, and check me out on Untapped to see what yeah. I've been drinking at. I mean, I think Untapped it's, username. It's something where like you if you do like one beer a week, that's 50 plus beers in a year minimum. I th- I, th- I think that that's like a good easeable like usable goal. Not necessarily not necessarily saying I'm going to track all my beers, but giving like a small like hey this beer was worth noting about one beer a week. Uh, I need to be better at it too. I kind of use it mostly to track what beers I've had before, uh, and that's how I was using it for the longest time. But I need to I need to be better about it as well. Yeah. Uh, anyway, beyond the fact that I'm a failure, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jack, we've been working on a. Well, I guess at this point it's a not so secret project anymore. We announced it on your Twitch channel. We talked about it on Twitter a little bit, um, and I'm actually I'm pretty sure when I guested on uh, here's a guy, I just straight up said this is uh, what I'm gonna do. But that was several months ago. Yes, so. that was it. Was kind of the the genesis of it. It was an idea, and you were like, I want to do this, and we all said, Fuck yeah, let's do it. And then you're like, Cool, because I've already planned on doing. <laughs> yeah uh but we're gonna play dungeons and dragons again on the internet and it's yes. gonna be a ton of fun and the cast uh this time is going to be uh here's a guy belch cast crossover cast yes which is very exciting it's going to be pookie systematically killing off each host of here's a guy yes i will be running here's a guy uh in about six weeks because <laughs> i will have I will have murdered the cast of Here's a Guy. <laughs> I appreciate that you give us six weeks. That's that's a good turnover for us, I think. Well, you know, it, it's going to take at least a session each to kill you one at a time. <laughs> and there's setup that's got to be done. Yeah. And... <laughs> it, it, it's horror-themed based. And in, in a good horror story-building sense, you don't kill everyone off instantly. You've got you've to build fear, isolation, and like... Kind of goes through yeah. almost like the stages of grief of killing us. Yeah. Like you've and got... then the last one alive, he's just going to accept his fate and and it'll be fine. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but no, I'm I'm super excited. I loved the first world that you built for us uh, way back when last year. It's it's fun. I feel like I have a little bit better understanding. I'm still nowhere near understanding everything, but it's something where like. Or reps is always better, and I'm gonna. I love D and D. I love D and D so much. Uh, it's the reason I have two metal helmets behind me. <laughs> uh, it's something like I legitimately do enjoy, and I'm so excited to learn more. Most importantly, I I learned in the last session that we did a couple things about myself. One, I can't get drunk during D and D because I will start to forget things very very quickly. And we don't have Kelsey uh, to save us with note-taking this time. Yeah. My wife is not playing with us this time. She will be again soon. But uh, for <laughs> this this adventure, um, I wanted to keep it a lot smaller. Um, that's another thing I learned about myself. That campaign that we did a few sessions of that, unfortunately, it fell apart a little bit. And that it happens. Yeah. But uh, it, was, it was too big for me. Especially since it's been a while since I've really gotten into and, and DM'd a campaign. Yeah. Uh, so I want to start a little bit smaller. And again, this isn't going to be like a huge, you know, it's not a, a critical role campaign. It's not, it's not going to be a 150 some odd session event. God. Um, 
yeah, we're looking we're looking at a much smaller scale, and I think that's yeah. much more man manageable for people who don't do this for a living. Right. I think it's I think it's something that I'm excited about too, because it's essentially a friend group that we've had for a decade now. It's yeah. it's going to be very interesting, and I've also never played D and D with Alex and Cody, the other two co hosts of Here's a Guy, uh, co hostesses. Uh, I've I've never played a game like this with them, and that's also gonna be really exciting. I know Alex has played D anD D before. This will be Cody's first time, I'm pretty sure. And yeah. it's gonna be something that's just so fun to kind of live in that world with those guys. I honestly I prefer playing, especially as a DM, playing with people who aren't super experienced. Yeah, because. I don't follow the rules. <laughs> right. You you were explaining it to us. I like asked a question. I was like, should I take this one that just says crossbow or this one that says crossbow with 20 bolts? And you were like, I don't keep track of your fucking ammo. Just take the regular crossbow. And I was like, yeah, bless. Thank just, you. It's boring. The rules that are boring and not fun. <laughs> I just ignore those rules. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Like rations. There, there are campaigns where it's like, oh yeah, you got to you've got 20 rations and a ration lasts you two days and you got to figure out how you're getting like, no, that's boring and dumb. Yeah. takes away from the story and I hate it. So we're not going to do it. <laughs> and it's also something where like, I granted, I've only ever had you as DM, but I really like your DMs like, like philosophy and style where like, you're basically just like, Hey, what do you want to do right now? You're not basically saying, hey, you guys need to go do this. How are you doing it? You're saying, hey, all right, what are we doing next? Like, you were, you're essentially laying tracks as we decide to go in a direction. And I love that about your style, especially in the first play that we did. Like, my, my, whole, my whole philosophy as a DM is basically just two things. Is one, yeah. this is a game that we are playing for fun. Yeah. And two, this is also a collaborative storytelling effort. Yeah. You know, I like I kind of I set up some skeletons and then everyone else helps me tell the story. Right. It you very much believe in the heart of like RP and role playing where it's an improv storytelling exercise. And it, it would be so easy for you just to say, here's a big dragon. It has a thousand life points. Kill it. But that's, if, if I wanted to do that, I'd, I'd go play Skyrim. I'd go play any other RPG that has a big dragon and I have a fucking broadsword. Like, that's, that's not what you aim out to do with D&D. You want to tell a story beyond it. You want to build lore. You want to build mythos. You want to create right. natural feelings that are just so unique. Just so fun. Like we, I kind of talked about it. And I don't know if I fully said it on the podcast, but like my original plan, Brock, my very first character that I ever built, is I was gonna be an orc that wanted to be a bard, but was really shit at being a bard. And through like learning about like how to play, and through my character, and just you just being an awesome like storyteller and letting us do whatever the fuck we wanted, that morphed into I have an orc who's a golden retriever who loves everybody. <laughs> and you literally let me roll to befriend any NPC that I encountered, and it helped on a couple occasions. I befriended an NPC, and we got a map out of it. And that's yeah. not necessarily something that you designed to happen in that situation, but I asked if I could try it, and you let it happen. I also rolled and made you voice three characters at one point, because <laughs> that's just how it worked. Yeah. And you were like, I don't want to do this, but this is what the story says we're doing, because yeah, we've allowed it to happen. <laughs> Uh, role-playing different voices for different characters is not my strong <laughs> suit, and it, I'm just not super comfortable with it yet. Yeah. Like, I like making funny, silly voices sometimes, but especially when the situation is a little more serious, it's it's a little bit more difficult for me. Right. It's also why I don't expect my players to, like, all right, you need to be in character, you need to have a voice for your character. Like, you don't have to do that. Right. I also get drunk and forget my voice sometimes, and then it's hilarious <laughs> when I try to find it live. 
yeah, the, the the improv nature of Dungeons and Dragons is just a lot of fun. Right. Like, I, and just because of who I am as a person, like my my process is like I I feel, and we talked about this a little bit on the last episode when I was like getting ready to start my Twitch stream, and what really made me do it was Kelsey was like, eh. I'm going to I'm going to download OBS and start a Twitch stream. It's like, but I'm not ready. <laughs> there are processes, there are rules. Have you spoken to the council yet? You clearly need to go through the proper channels for this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I just I feel like I need to be as prepared as I can be yeah. for any given situation. So I tend to spend 15, 20 hours prepping for a session. Right. And then 10 minutes in, it's already off the rails, and I'm like, well. <laughs> You're like, I <laughs> saw you guys time. taking three lefts and a right. You've taken 17 lefts in a row. I don't know what to do with this information anymore. <laughs> You're just going in circles at this point. If you, if you turn left four times, you're in a circle now. You're back where you started. <laughs> We're going to go left again. Oh, Christ. <laughs> I, I think that Barkeep has more information than he's led me to believe, even though I've asked him 37 times. The 38th time is the time he cracks and tells me the truth. I'd like that's, to go back to the bar, please. That's honestly one of my favorite things as a DM is when I, you know, I, I do my best to name every NPC. In fact, I, I got so mad at you guys in the last <laughs> campaign because nobody was asking anybody's name. I was like, I, I've named every NPC that you guys have come across. Every single one of them has a name. Well, that... Now, granted, 80% of them came from a random fantasy name generator yeah. on the internet. But still. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good you named them because it'll make it that much uh, easier to distinguish them for their funeral. Because we killed most of those people. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I... I so I spend an ass load of time prepping and then nothing I prepped matters within 20 minutes of the session, which is fine because then like the essentially the exact same situation that Jack mentioned is like, well, I'm going to talk to this bartender for information. And I'm like looking at my notes is like, I have three lines written for this guy. It's like, <laughs> he's a half orc who runs a bar and his name is, George, like, <laughs> I don't have any more information to give you on him. No, that... I'm going to intimidate George, and I rolled a 20. Give me information. <laughs> George shits his pants. <laughs> he well, still has no information. That, that is no what information. Does, <laughs> what it really does is it, it flexes my improv muscles. I have to yeah. come up with it on the fly, and that's a lot of fun. Like, I don't, just the way my brain works, honestly, I work better in situations like that. Yeah. But I still have to feel prepared to feel comfortable doing anything. Right. It, and, and I think you and I are in the same situation where it's like, yeah, like, I could do this right now. And, like, it'd be a little rough, but I think I could work out the details. But I want to put up as many, like, defensive posts as I can to make sure that mm -hmm. that doesn't happen. And if it does, like, I can turn here and have this source ready to go. Like, you could do it, and it would be okay. But you and I are both kind of in that same ilk where we're so... Not worried. Worried is probably the bad word. But we're so concentrated on the process being smooth and exactly how we imagined it that if it slightly deviates, we're like, well, fuck, that could have gone better. And it went perfectly fine, and everyone who ingested it enjoyed it. But you're still just like, I could have done this, I could have done that. Yep. And it's like that, like I, that mentality of like wanting to make things as perfect as possible. Yeah, and it, I mean, it, it's it's I kind of do most things that way. Like I've been, I've been bad about trying to keep a consistent schedule streaming, but it's because I want to make sure the product I'm putting out is worth the time of my viewers. And right. I know you feel the same way. I mean, yeah. There, even just last night, I got home from work and you were like, hey, I'm dicking with OBS stuff. You want to hang out on Discord for a while? Yeah. And I was like, sure, I got, I've got some things I need to work on too, so. <laughs> right. And like, it even like, even just like to go back to streaming a little bit, it's also like, 
this like the settings have to be really good to like set it up properly like sometimes i'm like oh like i'm gonna stream tonight like it's my day that i usually stream but like i'll take a nap and i'll wake up and it'll be like 7 45 and i'll be like well i need probably like 30 minutes of prep to start it's gonna be 8 15 when i start streaming at earliest that's a little too late to start the stream i don't think i'm gonna do it tonight and it's just like it's like being in that mentality of like i'm wanting it to be perfect it's already going to be slightly off perfect i'm not gonna do it like it's a it's a tough mentality to fight with yeah and that's the the really messed up part is you could just you could just sit on your channel and just chat with your with your chat with your community and still get just as many views as if you put out some like huge right really well scripted event and yeah you know, the the production value is important, but what's more important is, you know, you have your base community that's going to be there, that's going to hang out with you. Right. Really, no matter what you're doing. Yeah. And I think the two of us have lucked out in a couple of respects. One, I lucked out by being friends with you, <laughs> who has a pretty strong base community, uh, but both of us are also still fairly active in other people's streams i right. was just talking to you the other night uh waffle dragon 34 on twitch if you listen to us and don't follow him go follow him he's absolutely. a really cool guy absolutely i jump into his stream as often as i can and he shouts me out and i get two or three followers and i haven't streamed in a week and a half right like, and that's not to say that we do that just to get shout outs it's just something that's like hey right. i'm active here and this person's like super supportive as well and really, a lot of, like, people talk about, like, how it's, like, hard to grow in, like, certain, like, areas or communities. Like, all it takes to be is just to be active in places that you want to be active in. I'm not saying go be active in a community just for, like, personal benefit. But so much of networking is just being present and giving a shit and giving back to the community that you want to be a part of. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, there are several streamers that have become good friends of mine. And yeah. I, I feel like we're belaboring it a little bit just because we did also talk about almost this exact same thing last week. <laughs> right. But it, it's still, it it is important to, to say uh, how much that both of us, I know, appreciate uh, the communities that have kind of welcomed us in and right. been super awesome to us. Even some fairly successful streamers you know relic and old Rass and a couple of other guys those are just the two that really kind of stick out at the top of my head yeah like they they're super supportive super cool guys come hang out and are fairly successful streamers you absolutely know? yeah we talked about it last week where you know if you're streaming to 15 20 people in the grand scheme of things you're a fairly successful streamer. Right. You know? You're you're in the top percentiles. Well, it might not seem yeah. like that because someone's streaming to 20,000 people right now. Like You're still doing better than a majority of the other channels. Um, but I do kind of want to come back to a point uh, that we had talked about. Just kind of briefly, we talked around it about yeah. like creative processes. Yeah. And Funny thing is, this was my idea yes. for this episode. Yes. I'm not... I'm. I'm I haven't eaten. It's twelve thirty in in the afternoon. I'm halfway through a twelve and a half percent beer. <laughs> I'm not even gonna pussyfoot around it. Uh, this was my idea. <laughs> I've I've forgotten to talk about it. So Jack's like, Pookie, no, calm down. No, and like so we, we we like almost like led into it, and I was like, oh, Pookie's gonna go right into it. Like this is a really good natural segue. And then we both went on our uh, Twitch soapboxes, which is not a bad thing. I I, lo I legitimately love shouting out people talking about growth. It's something that like. I don't know if anyone in this channel or anyone who listens to podcasts, if they're a streamer, uh, if they are, that's fucking dope. Uh, but like, it's sometimes good to just to hear things that like you might not necessarily see, but all that to uh, avoid another tangent. Let's talk about our creative <laughs> processes, Fuki. It's so fascinating to listen to other people and how their creative brain works. Uh, why don't you lead us off, Fuki? How, what's your process look like? So most of my creative projects anymore, um, whether fiction or nonfiction, are writing. Um, a lot of world-building stuff for Dungeons & Dragons, 
Um, I have fallen off hard uh, with my beer writing. Uh, hashtag Belchcast. But um, that was part of the reason why a lot of my New Year's resolutions revolved around, you know, getting a little bit more into the beer on the show and getting a little bit more into Untapped is just to get my brain back into that kind of mode. Um, but especially with with fiction writing and uh, Dungeons and Dragons world building and, and a lot of stuff like that, um, I spend a lot of time handwriting notes. I have uh, three or four big spiral notebooks that are just unorganized messes of notes. Um, and then I go back through and I take those unorganized messes of notes of just random ideas. Sometimes when I'm at work, I'll just have random ideas and I'll message myself on Facebook. Um, or if I'm out doing something, I'm like, oh, that's that's interesting. That's something I could take. You know, I... I uh, I see, I see something random, weird, a weird name at work or, you know, a, re a weird random situation out in the world. And I just kind of shoot myself a message on Facebook. I'm like, Hey, this weird thing happened. Uh, write about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, so I take all those, I, I take this big jumble, almost stream of consciousness set of notes. And I take that all and I, I put it in this unorganized mess and then I sit down and open a Word document and organize it in such a way that my brain can understand it. Um, if somebody, if you sat down and opened one of my notebooks to try and figure out what I was trying to plan to do, you would have no idea what the hell is going on. <laughs> hey, I, I like um, that. It's, it's, something, it's, it's something uniquely you, but also something that you can decipher on your own and make sense of. It's also one of the best uh, pieces of advice as far as like DMing and and writing for Dungeons and Dragons that I've ever gotten was, and I, I've talked about it several times, but it's just I don't even remember whose YouTube channel it was, but uh, that's a lot of the things that I do for research is I watch YouTube videos, I read random Wikipedia articles, I I take a lot of inspiration from history. Um, a lot of my world building is parallels. You know, I, I set up this world that we play Dungeons and Dragons in, the continent of Ithilum, and there are direct parallels. You know, one country is, this is my fantasy Holy Roman Empire. This is my fantasy Papal Italy. This is my fantasy um, England, like War of the Roses England. Yeah. Um, and I kind of take all these ideas and I mush them from different parts of history into the same parts of history. Uh, but one of the best pieces of idea or one of the best pieces of advice I've ever gotten is you're only as good as the obscurity of the references you steal from. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which, Which I think, uh, I yeah, I, I, I think it's just as good for traditional fiction as it is for writing for Dungeons and Dragons or for anything is that, yeah. listen, if you find some weird, obscure piece of material and you steal from it and then make it your own, then you know, yeah. don't be an ass. Yeah. But Don't plagiarize, but find yeah. this like, weird thing in history and then make it your own. I mean, for Christ's sakes, I know this is not the best parallel in the world to draw, but Fifty Shades of Grey was a Twilight fan fiction yes. that they changed the names. Like, that's that's how this, you know, yeah. stain on the world of literature, but <laughs> how this massively best-selling book came to be was somebody wrote a BDSM Twilight fanfic <laughs> and, and then changed the names, and now it's like a movie series and a massively best-selling book and... And shout yeah. out to Gilbert Godfrey for reading it. Oh my god, that is one <laughs> of the funniest things I've ever seen. It it might be my favorite video of all time. But yeah, no, it, it's it's definitely something where like you you find you find what you like, you find what interests you, and you definitely make it your own. And that is so important in like keeping one like your drive high, but also 
like keeping yourself interested in what the fuck you're doing. Like I could, I could take like old, old history and I could write about it and it, I could make it work, but that's not something what I want to do for here's a guy. I, I could find a random dude and just write about them and they could be fucking wacky and interesting. But if I don't give a shit about that topic, it's not going to come off genuine or right. even entertaining. Like I could talk about so many different things, but it, it, it always boils down to what interests you and what, what like, aligns with your beliefs and your hobbies and your skill sets and everything like that. And finding that perfect like Venn diagram where it's just like a pure circle of all of that shit is so important. Yeah, finding your topic is yes. very important. Yes. Um, especially if your brain isn't wired to pay attention to something you don't give a shit about. <laughs> right, yeah. I, I don't have that capacity. If something is boring, I'll listen. I'll, I'll ingest your material, but that doesn't mean I'm going to be able to make it my own or make it good from my perspective. Uh, there's a reason that my grades in college looked <laughs> yeah. like looked like a mountain range. <laughs> like there's because because <laughs> classes I gave a shit about and cared about the topic, I did really yeah. well in, and classes that I had to take and I really didn't give a shit about, I did really poorly in. Right, and like it, and to, to add like a perspective, like I I did a here's a guy topic, and I had COVID, so I didn't end up actually producing this topic. But like, there's a topic that I had where I did all the research, and it's something that's fascinating to me, but like, I know will not be fascinating to anyone else. It's just like a unique concept and a fun idea. And the more I thought about it, I was like, this doesn't like produce anything for anyone other than me. It might not be something that's worth it, and like trying to like reskill it and keep it in my back pocket until I can work on it more. But it's also like finding something you're passionate about and working on it, just because you like make a first draft does not mean it's good like you did something that's awesome but like also like conti continuing to work on your projects is also entirely important oh yeah and here's a guy is a great example is like you and alex and cody could all do baseball guys yeah and I, there are a bunch of cool interesting baseball guys i did one I this past week I was gonna say I mentioned that specifically because I just listened to the most recent episode of Years a Guy. Yeah. And you did a baseball guy. But I I don't give a shit about baseball. I I could probably find a wacky, interesting baseball guy, yeah. but I probably wouldn't care nearly as much about it as the three of you would because yeah. you you guys like baseball. Right. I have two baseball figurines right behind me right now. I've got <laughs> yeah. I've, I've got a Mickey Mantle and a Dontrell Willis. Uh, that's the first time anyone's ever had those two players together in the history of ever. <laughs> but yeah, well, I so I was able to stand on my soapbox for for a while. Yeah. Um, what about you, Jack? What do you? How do you do the things that you do? I'm I'm kind of in a similar vein as you. Um, if you've ever watched my streams. If you've ever seen a live camera of my office, you'll know that I have a big-ass whiteboard behind me. And this whiteboard is my lifeblood. I also have my uh, my writer's journal, essentially, which is also fucking huge to me. Uh, I literally wrote on the front of it, stream, record, create. This is essentially like my creation book. When I did the big-ass streamer tournament uh, a month ago now, I did all of my notes and preparations on pages in a notebook. I'm very much a handwritten person. I have a ton of these um, leather journals around my office, and they're, they're amazing just to like keep processes and like writing stuff out and visually seeing things. Yeah, I call them idiot books. They they like are. little memo pads. Yeah. I call them idiot yeah. books. And like, if another person like opens this up and like flip to a random page, like you can get the general idea of what I'm thinking. But a lot of it is just like point A to point B, point C to point like D, like what do I want to accomplish? They're not necessarily always like hard ideas, but they're kind of like blueprints and schematics of kind of like what I'm thinking and it's like writing down my thought process of what I want to happen. And then I'll go to my whiteboard and I'll make a bunch of to-do lists. I live by to-do lists. To-do lists are everything to me and how I functioned for a very long time, even all the way back to high school, uh, I would sticky note and make a, a list of like, hey, this is shit I need to do today. Shit I need to do this week. Shit I need to do before this date. 
And it's also just so goddamn soothing and cathartic to cross something off a physical list and to show like your actual like, hey, I like I did I did four things last night that were on my to-do list and I physically crossed them off. And now if I look back behind me, I can see, hey, 25% of my list is gone. Look what I've done. Look what I can still do. Look like what I still need to be obtainable. And I try to make it like with my lists, there's stuff that does not need to be written down. The amount of time it takes to write down is the exact amount of time it takes to do that task. Right. But physically showing myself everything I've done in a day, even if it's minuscule, like my to-do list can say, take a shit. <laughs> but I took a shit and I crossed it off my list. It, 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 I never put that on, but like it's something like that easy. Like uh, Sometimes it's just like, hey, take out the trash in my office. The amount of time it takes for me to write that down on a whiteboard, I can do it. But physically seeing, hey, I did the trash today, or like something that's like minuscule as that, it's a good like brain boost to say I've done something, which is really important for me. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of like writing shit down. It's a lot of keeping track of what you do and just like planning. Uh, for a lot of my stream ideas, I'll go to YouTube and I'll just kind of look at things that people have done through like uh, OBS tutorials or just like watching videos and just getting ideas. If you've ever been in my stream, you'll know I do a lot of like commands and like custom scenes and shit. And I love doing them. And I'll write down and I'll plan it out in my journal what I want to do. I'll put it on, once I've got an idea of exactly kind of what I want, I'll put it up on my whiteboard and say, do this. And then like I'll, I'll do research on the internet of kind of how I think I can make that work. And I'll just use all the tools successful to me to keep myself accountable. Uh, it's really embarrassing when some shit's been on my whiteboard for a month and I haven't done it. Because <laughs> I won't erase it or cross it out until it's done. Yeah, absolutely. So I, uh, I, I opened to a random page in my, in my D&D world-building notebook just to kind of give an example of how you would have absolutely no idea what the fuck I was talking about. I'm <laughs> yeah. just going to read some lines off of this page. Yeah. So the first line on this page... Spooky Prison Gulag Island. <laughs> Underneath that is the word Blackborough, um, which if you're familiar with a uh, game that ruined many, many lives, it's called EverQuest. It's a dungeon in, in EverQuest. Yeah. Uh, and then there are some... There's uh, uh, This was when I was building the uh, the religion and the uh the gods of the universe that is just playing around with names and uh themes for the gods um and i'm not gonna read those because they're secret <laughs> uh but yeah that's just like that's just kind of how my note-taking stream of consciousness brain works yeah you get an idea and this is something that I still kind of like fight myself with. If you have an idea and you're like, oh, I'm going to remember that later. You will not. Write it down now. Put it on a physical media somehow, whether you text it to yourself. I, I Facebook message myself links all the time when I'm not like at a computer physically. I'm like, hey, I need this for later. Or even just like fucking cooking recipes and shit. Like... If you try to remember something, it's not going to be as clear as the idea you had an hour ago, two hours ago, a day ago. Write it down, like, physically put it to media, because you will not remember it. And I've lost so many ideas because of that. Yeah, uh, that is the reason I started messaging myself yeah. on Facebook, is I would, like, have an idea... By the time I got home from whatever I was doing at work or out doing whatever, I'd sit down at a Word document and try and type it out. And I'm like, I don't remember what the hell I was talking about. <laughs> it had something to do with a can of corn, but for the goddamn life of me, I don't know what I was thinking about. I didn't even see corn today. Right. <laughs> like, I was, at, I was at work all day. We don't <laughs> sell that. But, <laughs> but yeah, like it, it's it's always also so fun. Like there's a couple people who stream who essentially showcase like their creative outlets and like that's also just fun and inspiring to watch. 
Uh, there's so many amazing streamers who are just like, hey, we're going to create some stuff and I'm going to stream it and you're going to watch me create something. And honestly, like exposing yourself to other creative processes is also really important, I think. And like, it will help give you ideas that you didn't realize could be super beneficial to you as a person. Jack John, where can the people find you on the internet? Yes, the people can find me on Twitter at Jack John Jose. People can find me on Twitch at Jack John Plays Games. People can find me playing D&D with Pookie this Thursday on Twitch. It's going to be a lot of fun. Also, check out Here's a Guy. The other two guys, Alex and Cody, we've talked about them a lot. They're both amazing. Check out Here's a Guy on Spotify as well. Pookie. Uh, Here's a Guy is awesome and... I love it so much. <laughs> and I love you. Pookie, where can the people find you? Uh, the people can find me on the Twitter at Pookie Rex. Uh, they can find me on Twitch at www.twitch.tv slash Rex. Um, I am still playing Final Fantasy X. Uh, Jack... I Well, I gave Jack a challenge, basically. Yes. Um, I told Jack that if I hit affiliate before I finish Final Fantasy X... I'm getting close, but I also haven't streamed in like a week and a half. Yeah. Uh, I will play Final Fantasy X-2, which is a game I've never played because it's not good. That's that's <laughs> why you're not streaming. You're waiting till you hit affiliate. You want to play X-2. That's the real thing. You're you're holding out. And I, I see through. I see through the guys. You want to play Final Fantasy X-2. And that's you're waiting. You're just waiting it out. And I, I appreciate that. You're you're a gentleman uh for doing so. Uh that being said, if you don't already uh listen to this show and also watch either of us on Twitch, uh just make a Twitch account, even if you don't watch Twitch, and follow both of us, because it helps. It yeah, really does. It does. Um, I'd love to be able to justify the amount of time I spend on it with, a, like, a dollar amount. <laughs> All that to be said, thank you so much uh, for the continued support. Continue to support things you like. Uh, it means the world to the people who create those uh, objects and mediums and whatever the fuck you actually do and do enjoy. Please continue to support everyone you love and remember that we all love you. Thank you for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Bye, daddies.